We'll get back to your music shortly, but first, did you know that prescription prices are different at different pharmacies? You could literally drive across the street and get a different price. That's crazy. But with GoodRx, you can instantly compare prices at every pharmacy in your neighborhood and save up to 80%. You're probably thinking there's a catch, right? Nope. It's 100% free and can save you money whether you have insurance or not. In fact, it can often beat your copay. Download the GoodRx app today and start saving. GoodRx is not insurance. If you have thyroid eye disease and you go through artificial tears in the blink of an eye, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. Welcome to Preach Kev Preach, it's Pastor Kevin Kev here with another episode, another sermon. Uh, it's been about two weeks since I posted my last uh, podcast, but you know, I let things build up. Um, basketball season started, had to watch some games, NFL, getting to this midway point, and a lot of stuff happened wild in the last few last few weeks, and I talked to you last. Um, today's sermon, we're going to talk about both sides winning a win-win situation but first the news so Hugh Jackson was fired from the Cleveland Browns and he made his little tour all around ESPN Fox Sports radio shows it didn't matter you saw you saw Hugh Jackson he talked about the Cleveland Browns he talked about Baker's growth he talked about him and Todd Haley and the owner and we talked about it. I didn't think that the Browns should have fired him. But would the Browns have would the Browns have beaten Atlanta? I don't know. Freddie Kitchens under that Bruce Arians tree has looked great as offensive coordinator. The offense is clicking, the running game, the passing game. Now they're on a bye. So Hugh Jackson signed back to the Bengals, where he came from, as an special assistant to the head coach. Not the assistant head coach. I don't know who, for those guys who are, and girls who are, who watch The Office. Dwight Schrute, he was always the assistant to the regional manager, which is a, a, a totally different thing from assistant regional manager. You know, that's that joke didn't was never played out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hugh Jackson, and my theory is, the Bengals hasn't played the Browns yet this season at all. The Bengals are 6-4. and four. They're trying to go to the wild card. They have, they have the 6 seed currently. Do I believe they're a playoff team? Hell no. <laughs> but if you play the Browns twice, you got somebody who knows the players inside and out. Been that that place for what? Uh, this was his third. This was his third year there. He knows these players. He know Baker Mayfield's downfalls. Um, he know Freddie Kitchens. He know Greg Williams. He know how the defense is played. So what does that mean? They they want to get those two extra wins. So that'd be eight and four. And let's say they win one or one or two games there, nine and seven, ten and ten and six. That can get you in the playoffs at the six seed. Tennessee Titans are five and four. The Colts, I think, are four and five. Um, the Ravens are four and five. So they can control their own destiny by bringing in Hugh Jackson. Um, that move is sneaky by the Bengals. I think it helps them versus the Browns only. Uh, nobody else. 
Another story, Draymond and KD, man. What is going on? First of all, Draymond Green is padding stats because he stole the rebound. If you watch the replay in that game versus the Clippers in the last play before overtime, Draymond Green stole the rebound from Kevin Durant and drove it down the court and turned the ball over. Some wars was played, said, and tempers flared and had to be separated. And Man, then Draymond got suspended the next day. So what did he say in the locker room? And some reports said that he dared Durant to leave. He said, like, we won without you. We'll do it again. I dare you to leave. Go somewhere else. Because, you know, technically, I mean, if he didn't join the Warriors, do we think Kevin Durant has a championship? Do we think so? Who knows? So, Draymond. Why are you so emotional? Kevin Durant, why are you so sensitive? I mean, Kevin Durant could have gone down the court. But, you know, he clapped his hands. And Draymond didn't hear that. Draymond was going to make a play. But he always does that. So, I don't know what Kevin Durant expected differently. Uh, like I said, they fought over the rebound. Durant, drum, not Durant, but Draymond has stole it. Now, do we think this dynasty is cracking? Steph Curry is always injured prone. Clay Thompson, y'all know my feelings about him. He's a supporting star. Draymond's a supporting star. And if Kevin Durant leave, I don't think, unless Boogie stay, I do not think the Warriors win, will win another championship. I don't think they ever get back to it. Um, that's just my opinion. The dynasty doesn't last long in NBA. In the NFL, they don't last long because of injuries. Uh, or people leave for better, uh, for more pay. Um, for example, the Eagles won Super Bowl last year, so they back up tight end left. Now he's a star tight end for the Bears. Um, plenty more other other examples with teams lose their key pieces when they go deep in the playoffs. Same thing for basketball. Dynasty doesn't last too long. Shaq and Kobe didn't last long at all, really. I mean, Kobe came in ninety, was drafted ninety six, and by oh four. Shaq was gone, and they first won a championship in 2000. So the dynasty really lasted four years, four to five years, and that was it. So this Warriors team, they won three championships total, been there four times, probably win this year. But after that, I think that's pretty much it. This might be the last year for that. And now a eulogy. Never thought this day would come. Never thought I'd see this day. One of my favorite players will be released, asked not to come back to the Houston Rockets. Carmelo Anthony, Oak Hill High School, freshman of the year in college, a national champion as a freshman. The third overall pick in the NBA Draft 2003. Dominating force in Denver. Asked for a trade. Pretty good in New York. Team got sorry. He was always losing. Decided to get a trade to OKC. Well, he was the third option. Melo. Wherever he's been. Always been number one. Gets traded to Atlanta for the buyout. Signs with the Houston Rockets. 
plays with his best friend Chris Paul, play with a friend of James Harden. Once again, a third option. It was never going to work. Melo waited too long to adjust. Vince Carter adjusted. Dirt Nowitzki adjusted. And it's over. He waited too long, guys. There's two things Melo wanted to do. Three things, really. Money, that's one. Two, win. Three, score. Now, Atlanta bought him out, so they already got his, he got his money. He's good. Contend. Let's think of the contenders and tell me why would they sign Melo. Warriors, no. The Rockets let him go. The Lakers got too many wings, and that was stunt growth. Bucks don't need him. Celtics don't need him. Raptors doesn't need him. On top of that, he wants to shoot. Sixers got too many people. The Pelicans, maybe. But is it better shooting Miritich? Is it better than Drew Holiday? We get more shots than Julius Randle. My bet is no. So I don't know where you uh Carmelo will end up, but I know it's over. All right. Let's change gears and let's talk about the win-win situation. And here's my win-win idea. Most times we debate who won the side of the deal. Um, like for for instance, for example, taking a better job, but in a bad city. Um, you always debate. Okay, I got I get the money, I get the job I want, but now we gotta live in a crime rate that's really high. Bad public schools, et cetera, et cetera. Um, who won between the Boston Cavs? You know, trading Kyrie away, getting Isaiah Thomas. Who won between the Khalil Mack deal with the Raiders and the Bears? Did LeBron James win-win by getting out of Cleveland and going to Lakers? But now he's in the West. So will he go to the finals? Is it a win-win? Who knows? But life goes on, right? Everyone looks for that win-win. Both sides want to win. That just is business. And obviously, you only care about yourself. Like, the Bears wanted to kill their Mac. Who cares about the first-round pick? We got a superstar. You only, care about your, you only care about your own team. And they only care about their own team. They don't care about whether, you, whether your picks pan out. The Bears don't care if the Raiders draft a star or a role player or a bust. The Boston... Really don't care that they didn't have Isaiah Thomas. We got Kyrie. But in that famous saying of the win-win situation is, you scratch my back, I scratch your back. I think that happened with the Patriots and the 49ers when they traded Jimmy G. Now they got their quarterback and Patriots got a second-round pick, a cornerback they, they use and play a lot. But how do you create that win-win? One, you have to understand what each side needs. 
but you need to act number two act in your own interest like i said not the niners didn't care about a second round pick we want a star quarterback number three take time to discuss all possibilities and what i mean by that is hmm raiders do we want to pay khalil mack he wants a huge contract we're gonna be broke going to vegas we don't have any cap room to bring people in and it's going to be tied up in the Khalil Mack and Derek Carr. Well, we can't really pass rush with Khalil Mack. We probably get 20 to 25 sacks a year. I mean, he gets 14 of them. But we still rank at the bottom of the league. Our defense is still terrible. You know what? Let's go get two first-round picks. You got you to discuss all the possibilities of what you're looking at, right? That's how you get to your win-win situation. And you can't, you can't approach it is, I need the bigger pie. Now, what I mean by that is, y'all know Thanksgiving coming up. And I can't wait for someone to bake some apple pie or whatever kind of pie it is. But when it comes out the pan, the oven, it is a certain size, right? The pie, don't, it doesn't get bigger at all. Whatever comes out the oven, that's the size. It's, I mean, it's not realistic for you to get something, you know, something bigger or whatever. So how much of the pie you eat or take, now that can vary in the win-win situation. For example, a second-round pick, it might be just a, a good player. Could be a great player. For 49ers, Jimmy G could be a top-five quarterback or a top-ten quarterback. It's still, it's still a win-win either way. Still a win-win. Now, my two points. I mean, it's pretty much easy to, you know, who I'm talking about. But another example of a win-win, you know, internships. A student gets real-life work experience. A company might get free or slightly paid work for a low rate doing a job that they could do themselves. It's a win-win. Now that pie for the company might be bigger for them because maybe they don't offer that student a job. But if the student gets offered a job, then they got the bigger pie. They got the bigger portion of the pie. So we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell. And the Pittsburgh Steelers and how their saga finally ends. So I think it's a win-win both sides. Um, the Steelers, they got to see their future a year early. And James Conner is a monster. He already got 10 rushing touchdowns, more than any rushing touchdown that Le'Veon Bell has ever had in the season. They come away with not tying up their salary cap with three players when they might have to pay T.J. Watt. They need secondary, still need some linebackers, O-line agents, so they have to get some draft picks or get people in here. They need that money. And what? They're still Super Bowl contenders. They're still winning games. So it's a win-win. They, their side, they win. They, want, they don't want to play Le'Veon Bell because he's 27 years old. He wants so much money, guaranteed. For a 27-year-old running back who has a lot of carries, carried the ball so much down there in Michigan State, 
carried the ball so much and caught the ball so much in Pittsburgh in his first six, seven years. So that's why they, they that's why they didn't want to pay him. Le'Veon Bell, it's a win. He entered free agency healthy. Did you see Des Bryant come back and towards Achilles in two days? No, now he's out for the whole year. Pittsburgh would have ran him into the ground. We all know that. And he get to choose his own destiny. I mean, unless the Steelers transition tag him, which Pittsburgh, dust your hands off and let Bell go. Be done with the situation, okay? It's not worth it anymore. So then Bell gets to choose his own destination, whether that's the uh, Bills going to the Jets, going to the Colts, the Texans, the Titans, maybe the Ravens, Raiders. He has plenty of options. He has to choose what he wants with the money, and he can still try to win games. And most importantly, he said the whole entire year on his body. So now he's a 27-year-old who'll be 26. He didn't play this year. Or when he turned 28, he's still 27. Remember when AP was suspended for a whole year? For, uh, what is it? I guess the, I guess it's domestic abuse or abusing the child. What did he do the next year? At age 30. Towards ACL, what did he do the next year? After being arrested, MVP. Ricky Williams, when he left, retired, came back, he was still pretty decent. He wasn't great, but he's not Le'Veon Bell. So, so it was a win-win for both sides. And I'm so glad this soccer's over with. I'm tired of talking about Le'Veon Bell. I'm tired of talking about Pittsburgh. Because they're fine. James Conner is holding down the fort good enough and He's on a low salary. Hopefully, Pittsburgh pays him early. Pay him a lot now, so then they'll have to pay him a lot later because that's how you do business in the field. NFL stands for not for long. And then my last point of a win-win. Finally, this saga is over, and that's the Jimmy Butler situation. He's traded to the Philadelphia Sixers for Dario Saric and Robert Covington. Both good players, in my opinion. Robert Covington... A, First team all defense last year. Dario 6'10, power forward who can shoot the three, who can play mate, rebound. Um, not that great as a defender as Covington, but can he's solid enough. And now that he's gone, that toxicity is gone. I felt like Jimmy Butler and I felt like Carl Towns didn't do, couldn't do what they wanted to do because here's Jimmy Butler breathing down their neck. It's, it will force the it will force Cat and force Wiggins to emerge, and after that they're two and zero since the trade. They finally have shooting on the outside. I mean, Dead Rose is knocking down threes, but he's never been a three point shooter. So how long do we know that that's to last? So now you have Robert Covington, who who's a three and D, great defender, so you still long at the perimeter. Now, Todd Gibson doesn't have to play so many minutes because he's not that good anymore. Now you have Dario who can play games. You have you have depth purposes now. And honestly, it was the best deal possible for them. So I'm glad Minnesota finally made a decision. Jim Butler on his third team. He ruined the Bulls. That's why they traded him. He ruined Minnesota. And the Bulls, they're going to come out of it. They got their star Levine. Like Minnesota going to come out of it with Cat and Wiggins emerging. And on the sixth side, another win. 
it gives them a legit big three in the East. Jimmy Butler can low-key be the third, maybe, I mean, he probably the second best player, but could be the third best player on that team. They have three top 20 players. Now they make four to six men off the bench. Hopefully he get his bond right. But now you have two playmaking wings outside of Big Ben. Oh, Big Ben. Mm. The Fresh Prince, Ben. Wilson Chandler, Jimmy Butler. That's why they lost to the Boston Celtics last year, because they couldn't have playmakers on the court. A small ball lineup, which really isn't small, MB, Wilson Chandler, Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, J.J. Reddick. It's going to be a hard team to guard. Wilson Chandler, if you think he's the worst player on that court, on the Sixers, you put your fifth best player on him, and he will cook them. He will cook them. Wilson Chandler is not a bum. This is a solid player for... Eight to ten years. Jim Butler, Ben Simmons, you can't leave J.J. Reddick open. And who on earth can stop Joe N.B. besides his knees? Nobody else. And it gives them a closer. Another reason why they lost to the Celtics last year. You can't go get the ball, the, the N.B. and Think he's going to attack three, four people off the dribble or whatever. And Ben Simmons, when they sag in the paint, what is he going to do? Now you got Jimmy Butler. Win-win. I am very proud of both teams in this situation. So win-win. Scratch your back. I scratch your back. Minnesota and Sixers did that. Elton Brand did a great job in that deal. Another win-win. Le'Veon Bell, you won. Pittsburgh, you won. And especially if Le'Veon Bell gets his money, oh gosh, he will get most of the pie. Because that's all he wanted. He's a better player than James Conner. That's all he wanted. So whether you're in the workplace, sports, for example, you and your coworkers want to switch shifts because, you know, I got something to do in the afternoon, so I need to work in the morning. And you want to work in the, you you want to work in the evening because you want to sleep in. Win wins, win wins happen all the time. As long as there's no lose lose situations, man. It's it's a good outcome. Be on that win win side. Whether it's internships, Le'Veon Bell, Jimmy Butler, stick to the win win. This is Preach Kev Preach. Appreciate you for joining me today on this sermon, this episode. Doing some research. I'm going, I'm, I want to do this, this one sermon about coaches in the NFL. So stay tuned for that. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Peace out.